Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. My name is Jacob Restituto, and we have a really, really special guest. I'm sure you guys are pumped. Actually, you're telling me that you're pumped. Today, we have Tim Faust from Home Free, and I'm excited, really excited and pumped to have this conversation, just to chat with him. So uh, welcome, Tim. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on this channel. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So your voice is actually a lot deeper than I anticipated, I got to say. <laughs> what, were you, uh, what were you anticipating? Uh, I was just anticipating a, a normal timbre of voice, like a normal normal range of voice. You thought um, all the uh, all the subnotes was uh, smoke and mirrors, huh? No, no, I thought it was real. I just didn't <laughs> know that that was your actual speaking voice too, because you can sing pr like pr like uh, pretty high. You know, it's not like you're, everything true. you sing is That's is, true. is in that that bass range, man. I have Dude, a weird voice too. Some days I wake up and it wants to be more of like a tenor, so I don't have this uh, this low speaking voice. But you got you got the bass in me today. Yeah, how do you handle that? Like, like if you were to play live, I saw somewhere I think you guys have done like two hundred shows or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, what, like what if you wake up and on you average can't... between like one hundred and two hundred shows per year, like in, oh, a, yeah. in a normal year, which obviously this has not been. But uh, yeah, 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 normally we we're always out on the road. Um, yeah, it just depends. I mean, it's uh, if I've been singing a lot of high stuff and haven't been singing much bass. You know, sometimes like Showtime rolls around and the first yeah. couple of songs are me like getting back into bass mode, but <laughs> but then it, it goes where it needs to. Yeah. Your voice has like takes time to transition. Yeah, like a little bit. I mean, you know, it's uh, I can I can always get by for sure. <laughs> um, it's just like you know, uh, some of like the the really like lower stuff. If we're doing like you know those notes that rattle the crowd, which people tend to like. Yeah, you know, I might need a couple of songs to like get back into real bass mode for that kind of so stuff. So, do you, do you showcase your your set list according to stuff like that? Knowing like I gotta I, I gotta warm up. I'm not sure you warm up beforehand, so a little bit. Uh, I find that I'm actually uh, warm by showtime just from like talking throughout the day. Um, and so, I mean, I know that's not the case for a lot of folks. The tenors <laughs> in our group have a pretty like uh, rigid. Uh, regimen that they stick to as far as warm-ups go I believe it um but yeah the the, the basses and baritones like we're we're kind of just where we need to be by showtime usually yeah that's cool man it's it's so fascinating that that's that's the beauty of like the human voice and everything just humanity in general everybody's so different everybody has these unbelievable talents now so if we're I doing like a early morning press appearance or something like oh, the yeah. news the you know yeah. the national news appearances are always at some ungodly non-musician hour nope and if that's the case if i'm singing anything other than bass i definitely have to warm up for that for sure what does a warm-up typically look like for you like vocal trills or is it different for something like that low yeah, for something like that, um, again, it's it's more about warming up the upper range than anything. That's uh, interesting, really. But yeah, the uh, definitely like your your typical warm ups, you know, like whatever you're taught in choir, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the the the, the or whatever, yeah, exactly. yeah, like those things, and and uh, or just singing through whatever I'm going to be singing on the press appearance, like a few times. Okay, interesting. So it's it's fascinating that it's not super. Uh, um, uh, like you don't have a huge like routine i, no, I find that fascinating not really uh and like i said if it's if it's a normal show happening at a normal show time i'm just warm enough yeah now. that's amazing man good for you cool <laughs> that's cool so what's your story how did you get into music how long so like I, as i mentioned when we were chatting like the goal for this and my, the, the platform that i want to use is like the fact like i want to inspire artists to say hey you can actually make a career like for years like i was told there's no money in music there it's impossible to make a career out of it and look i get 
that it's hard. But if you're willing to put in the work, I think it's possible. I think that you might not be a millionaire, but uh, like like the person I'm talking about, like the general public, the person might not turn into a millionaire, but they could make a career out of it. And I would love to hear your story and how you pursued music and how you got to where you are and any advice you have. Absolutely. Well, I was in a similar boat as you, you know, growing up, I had a really narrow view of uh, what, you know, making it in the music industry. Yeah, yeah. And heard those similar stories, like the music industry is fickle and scary and all that stuff. Uh, and so I actually, I, I went to college t- as a pre-dental major for a couple wow, of years. Wow, okay. And then, but I still had like enough of the bug where it's like, you know, I should sure. maybe try this music thing. Like I can always go back to school, but I want to like be, you know, marketable and have youth on my side and all that. So, um, yeah, I just decided to try to just like join a startup band in Minnesota when I was 20 years old and have been doing that sort of thing ever since. That's amazing. Um, and, and I, it's interesting that to hear what, you know, what you, what you share with up and coming artists, because I feel the exact same way. I wish I would have known oh my gosh, how yeah. many opportunities there actually are out there. Um, it's a little easier now than it was then that was kind of like the early days of the internet where it was like a lot of like message boards and stuff like that. You know, it's not just like hopping on Instagram and shooting someone a DM. Oh, uh, that sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so back then networking was a little harder, but these days, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a breeze really. Um, so I'm, I'm in, in some ways, like I'm, I'm envious of, of the up and comers now, but I'm super happy for them for that, that reason. Um, yeah. and I think it's similar in the sense of like, while there are more opportunities, there's definitely a lot more, um, uh, uh, competition, I feel like. Um, yeah. but I, I think that if I really believe that if people are willing to put in the work, you know, I think if you're willing to grind it out and really just go for it, like treat it like a job, you know, I think that that's the thing, biggest thing people think, Oh, I'm going to be a musician. And they, and I'd love to hear your take on it. Like, I'd love to hear your, your work side of it. Like how you like the work you had to put in and, and stuff like that. Uh, but people like, oh, I'm a musician. I'm just going to sit on the couch and, you know, eat chips all day and then write a song at night. And then hopefully I'll be famous one day, you know. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't work that like exactly. that for sure. Um, um, but, the, I mean, the first thing I tell kids is I'm like, you have to absolutely love it. You oh have to gosh, be willing yeah. to do it for free before you even think about getting paid to do it. Yeah, that's good um, advice. And so that's, that's the main thing. Like, don't do it. If you're like, I think I like music, then don't do it. If you're like, I live and breathe music, then do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, it started when I was 20, uh, you know, joined up with a startup band with some unreasonable expectations looking back, (laughs) you know, it's like, we kind of had this impressive plan in place. We thought that we were going to be able to just sort of like take over, the gigs from an established group that was like sort semi-retiring. Okay. Um, so we actually had their manager agree to manage us. And the plan was, yeah, we'll just like take over the gigs that you guys are saying no to, which is a great plan, except that a startup band is not ready to take over the gigs of a band that's been going for 20 years. Yeah. Um, we just weren't like it, you know, it took us a couple of years to just find our footing and and learn how we do what we do 
um, and be worth like the ticket prices. Yeah. Um, so it was just that like wedding out. band or was that like uh, like show band? What was that? That was not too dissimilar from what I'm doing now. It was a vocal group, um, okay. but it wasn't it wasn't country. It was kind of like a like a lot of the vocal cover bands out there who okay. try to do a little bit of everything. Um, it, it was it was one of those. Actually, the group the band was called Blue Jupiter. Um, and they're still going. So, you know, what, what they've done has worked. Um, cool. But I was, you know, I was young. I was hungry. Um, you know, after like a year of it being clear that uh, it wasn't going to go like we hoped it was going to go, then I sort of stepped back and, uh, and I thought, okay, I'm going to give this another year. And if it's, if it's like gained some serious momentum, great. Uh, I'll ride it out. Um, but if in, in a year from now, you know, if it hasn't, I at least want to have an album out with my name and likeness on it, my voice cool. that I'm really proud of. And I want to have made some contacts in the industry. And if that's all that's happened, I can be so thrilled with the experience and I can move on. And, uh, wow. and that's, that's, in, that ended up being like what happened. So I gave it one more year recorded an so album. one more year as a musician and then you were potentially going to go back pre-dental no 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 just one more year with that particular band okay that's what i was going to ask like it was time to move on to something else did you have a plan b in the sense of like if music didn't work out in general or were you like no nah, i'm gonna go for this and that's kind of that's it you know what i mean or did you give I, yourself a timeline for that say hey if it doesn't work out in five years then you know i guess i'm not you know what i mean i never really did that honestly yeah, neither did uh, i the only thing i had in my back pocket was i had uh I had done some networking with uh, with one of the agencies that specializes in uh, staffing like cruise ship groups. Oh, cool! Yeah. So I like knew yeah. I could fall back on that if I ever needed to. Yeah. Dude, those uh, make good money, you know. <laughs> it was oh, it's a great gig, and that's one yeah. of the things you know. We'll probably go off some, on some tangents here, but that's one of the first things I tell kids who are interested in music is I'm like, listen, every single cruise ship out there has probably, I don't know at least 50 hired entertainers on it, something like that. Um, and there are more cruise lines than you even realize. Like there's oh, probably, yeah. you know, 10 cruise lines you've never heard of. And each one of those cruise lines has 10 ships. And each one of those ships has all those entertainers I just mentioned. Um, so just the cruise industry alone is an incredible resource. Uh, it's also a way to like find out if you really want to do what you think you want to do. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it seven nights a week for six months. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'll be honest. I took the cushier gig than that. Um, you know, but it's also just like one of those things where it's like, this is your life. Like you're going to be, you're going to basically disappear yeah. for six months. And, uh, and, and so I'd love to talk about that. What is, what is touring like with, you know, first of all, are you guys all, I don't, I don't know all the kind of the back end details. Like, are you guys all in the same area? Are you guys throughout the country home free? Um, like meaning like, do you guys all live sporadically throughout the country? Do you guys all live in Nashville? Uh, no, we're all over. Two of us are in Nashville. Two of us are up in Minnesota, which is, uh, where the band started. Okay. We've got, uh, we've got one in LA these days. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when the pandemic hit, the first thing we did was um, pivot to like full-time recording and uh, video releases, um, which was something we already did aggressively anyway, which we're, we're fortunate to have established that business model before mm. the pandemic because uh, it was already in place. You know, we just like pivoted to focusing on that full-time because it was all we could do. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing we did was get 
home recording equipment, which is like what I'm using. Like I didn't have this a year ago. Um, our producer. It probably there. took six months to get to you anyway, with all the delays. Sweetwater still doing two, <laughs> two day delivery. Wow! Um, Throughout the whole pandemic, because that's funny. Because there, there was this, everybody needed all that stuff, so it was just like, oh, that's funny, man. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but our <laughs> producer Darren Rust, um, who's uniquely qualified to to do what we need him to do. Um, he just advised us. He was like, listen, if I were you, I'd get this slate modeling mic because it's unbelievably versatile. You like um, it? I've been looking at that. I like know it? nothing about this stuff. I do <laughs> like it because he's happy, but I get to watch him get excited about it almost every time we have a session. That's interesting. And we've been using it for a year now. But the fact that we have one mic that works for all of our voices is pretty incredible. Um, and that's the yeah. whole the whole idea behind a modeling mic is you can say, okay, exactly. now I want you to act like this kind of mic. Now I want you to act like this kind of mic. So uh, all of, uh, all you guys bought that Slate Digital? Uh, the three of us who aren't in Minnesota did. So uh, our producers in Minnesota, so our, the Minnesota guys, well, one of them goes to his studio. The other one is the beatboxer, and he does all his stuff at home anyway. Um, Interesting. But the rest of us who all had to collaborate remotely got this stuff, and then we also got software that allows our producer to run the session from his studio. Um, nice. Okay. So I just go in my closet, which I've retrofitted to be like a vocal booth, <laughs> AKA hung up some blankets and hundred percent, hundred percent, man. And then, uh, I turn on the computer and then it starts moving on its own and he, it's, wow, that's fascinating. it's wonderful. Um, you know, and then for those of y'all who are listening, who don't know, um, typically when you're tracking a vocal, you're in a studio but you're in a separate room from the producer anyway. Yeah. He's like in the control room and you're usually in a little vocal booth and you really only communicate through the microphone and headphones anyway. So this style of recording isn't that dissimilar. I'm just in my closet, but we're still communicating through this equipment. Uh, I just can't look through a window and see him. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's I just get to record my underwear, which is wonderful. <laughs> I found out they frown on that in the major studios. Yeah. Oh, you had to learn the hard way. <laughs> That's funny, man. Dude, I, I got to say, I appreciate the humor in all of your videos, man. This is this underlying tone of humor. And it's just like it, they're fun to watch. Thanks, so, man. That's one uh, of the things that um, I guess it was maybe a happy accident. But uh, I, I, I had the pleasure to see and work with some groups along the way who did not take themselves seriously. And that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, That's interesting. That's cool. There's and some, you, I guess you've, you've played with the others who take themselves too seriously, I, I assume, based on what you're, how you're saying that. Yeah, I mean, you, are, you, you encounter those people, too, who are like, this is my art, man, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, but we're just like, hey, we're a bunch of goofy dudes. We just like making music. We really like laughing. We like yeah. to laugh at ourselves and each other and, you know, invite the audience to join in on that. And it's yeah, just, yeah it's just cool. No, that's cool stuff, man. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, so how did you guys meet as a group? For those that don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to back up to like kind of where I left off on my story a little bit. Um, sure. So fast forward a year, we had released an album with Blue Jupiter. It was great. It okay. kind of made, made a splash in the vocal music world. Cool. Um, okay. So people were like, oh, there's this like new young bass singer in the community. Because up till, you know, recently, it was sort of like an underground community. When you was know? that, would you say? Um, I mean... There was like sort of a rabid um, acapella community like in the 90s, like even like from there, uh, early 90s up through, I would say, 
probably, you know, like the pentatonics era. That's when people started paying attention to acapella as more of like a mainstream appeal and less of kind of like a niche sideshow attraction. Um, <laughs> so, um, so uh, Blue Jupiter was 2001 to 2003. At that point in time, I uh, joined a very established group out in Boston. That's amazing, Boston though. So it's been, it's been 20 years of you being in the music industry. That's also yeah. something that I think people should realize, too. Like, it's possible to create a lasting career. Like, you're not just here. You're just not red hot for a minute and then boom like okay now i'm you know back working at mcdonald's because my hit single is over that's amazing good yeah. for you man and, that's so cool and uh you know of course there are downsides to streaming and you know you get you get a fraction of a penny or whatever it is yeah that having been said the upside of streaming is that it you know, you can sort of like build up this self-sustaining momentum because um, a lot of people like create their own playlists of stuff they like that you've done. And then like they listen to that every single day. So it's it's not like the old days where you had a CD yep. and then and then maybe that CD would get lost or <laughs> uh, get stuck. And you're not going to buy it a second you're time. You're not going to buy it again. <laughs> if you can't find the CD, you stop listening to it. Whereas now it's just like if you if you've got kind of like a subscribership of streamers, it kind of carries itself forward. Yeah, and you that's, keep, that's you keep getting those streams and that and that revenue moving yeah. forward, which is kind of nice. Are you guys uh, signed to a label? We're not. We were. We had. We got a label deal as a byproduct of that uh, TV show that we were on yeah. called The Sing Off. We won that. Yeah. Um, so we got a label deal that was completely not in our favor at all. Um, but Are they, they were ever? they were really cool. <laughs> they can be, uh, but it's not super common. Um, but you know, it, it that's the other thing to tell the kids. It's like I when I was young, I thought, okay, you get a record deal, that's making it. And I completely I've, agree. I've since learned that a record deal just is like is a fancy word for a loan. It just I means a record company agree. gives you money that you then owe them back. So absolutely, man, a hundred. I did not know that you guys were independent. That's wild. So a couple of years back, yeah, we uh, we just told our label, we were like, this isn't really like makes sense. You're really just <laughs> functioning as a distributor. So, you know, unless you want to completely flip-flop the arrangement, you know, where we make all the money and you get a little cut of it, this doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah, and if you want to have and your they own distributor. Were, like, so nice to play ball. They were like, yeah, you're right. You, you can, And they're like, they gave us a number. They're like, here, you've give us this much money and we'll call it even and you guys wow. come on and that's what happened um that's fascinating man and now uh like that's amazing i that's that's actually really inspiring and i hope that people really like catch that the fact that you know you i would definitely consider you guys successful you know like i think you have i think i recently last saw like 1.3 million subscribers on youtube like like that's amazing like uh, is, is that close to the number or something i like think that? you're right about that yeah so the fact that you're independent, that's amazing. You keep 100% of the royalties, which is amazing. Um, that, so, yeah, that's so that's so cool for you guys, man. I, that's really inspiring, actually. My choice, um, which is something like, to, just so the kids understand that, like, we had a label deal. Like, we, you know, we had made it. Yeah. Um, and we actually asked, like, hey, will you let us out of this deal? Even though they were really good to us and, you know, the deal was pretty good as far as deals go at least we yeah. had renegotiated it and gotten it better but even at that point it was like it just made more sense for us to be independent so yeah we did it absolutely man that that's fantastic yeah. that's really cool and it's so easy with 
uh, like, you know, all the different d uh, distributing platforms, you could literally distribute on DistroKid. Shout out DistroKid, link in the description. You can save 7% your first year. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, you well, know, what but... we did is we we uh, we went and got a partnership with a distributor instead. Cool. Um, so that, again, like, basically, like, the terms of the deal flip-flop instead of, like, you know, the label making 80%, we make 20 we now make the 80 and then we give the 20% to... A distributor and we work with uh with the orchard and they've been wonderful to us so wh what's the benefit of that because i'm not super familiar with that like why would you like why work with orchard instead of just self-distributing through like TuneCore, DistroKid, lander because or like that? um they're actually like involved and engaged um they you know they have partnerships with uh retailers Oh, okay. Uh, and things like that. So they can actually help, you know, get, if you have a physical product, they can get it in the stores if that's, that's what cool. you want. Um, you know, they, they also have a relationship with, you know, like Amazon and iTunes and Spotify yeah. and places like that, where they can say, Hey, we've got this new project. Like maybe you could help us promote it or, you yeah. know, it's the extra hand of connection. Absolutely. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Have you uh have you been in uh, like Target and stuff with your your music and your CDs yeah. and stuff? Yeah. So uh, even after the the label deal. Yeah. Yeah. So how does is is the uh do you prefer that? I, any of these questions if they're you know not comfortable answer you don't have to answer. Um, but like, are, do you prefer like sales through that, or do you actually prefer the streaming? I'm total like I don't know anything about getting paid from like Target. You know what I mean? Or the cut that they take or so. Do you well, like yeah. the streaming or do you like you're, the physical sales? You're always going to make more money on physical, even when it's like through a third party. Really? Retailer. Even with the big box retailers? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. I mean, if somebody like legit pays for digital music, you know, because you can buy an album digitally on iTunes or Amazon as well, you know, that's going to be more than if somebody just like streams the album one time. Of um, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotify, yeah. and then, you know, physical is still just that much more than any of that. I'd be curious. I don't. I'm sure somebody's probably done the study, but I'd be. I don't haven't found it. I'd be curious if like to to see like, because somebody just put in the chat that oh I I stream uh, home free Tim Fra Tim Faust and all you guys every day. That the person said in the chat. So uh, shout out to them. But um, they like I the lasting tale of that. I'd be curious to see like, does that end up paying more than the one-time sale of you know at at uh like at what point that so if you sell i don't know say for ten dollars or say for 15 you may say i don't i'm just going to put it random or say you make 10 out of the 15 hypothetically um at, w at what point does that one listener make you ten dollars i mean that'd be a lot of streams that they'd have to listen to yeah I think it, that's kind of like what i referenced earlier where it's like when you have when you start building up your subscribership a lot of these people are creating playlists like like yeah. like that person who said they listen every day so the way it works is you know they kind of just have their home free playlist a lot of these folks so every time you release something they just add your new thing to mm -hmm. the playlist that they listen to every single day yeah um you know so but it's still like the playlist still starts over at wherever they started listening and, and goes back through your back catalog as well, typically. Yeah, which is so cool. It will, theoretically, In the under long that run. situation, they it will like surpass a one-time album sale. The, but the other thing the album sale does for you is like, you know, qualify you for um, billboard charting and stuff like that. You know, um, which was that the the streams or the the physical? 
both but physical goes farther you know mm-hmm. um because because it it's still like based on unit sales which is not how a lot of people ingest music these days um you know so it's like but a stream our, like it's like however many streams convert to one unit sale right or something like yeah that. yeah but it's like it's a, it takes a lot <laughs> um so that's another thing it does for you if you can actually move a physical unit it's it's easier to get like your you know be on the billboard charts or whatever yeah that's so fascinating man what what, what so if if you would i want to get into some some uh q a from from the subscribers sure. in a minute but um if you were to give one last piece of like advice to somebody that that is either looking to start out or is just starting out what would you say to them just just like network you know just keep doing it keep put push yourself to always uh get better at what you do and uh and eventually like people will like if you're if you have something to offer someone will take notice um and so you know i think someone said um what is it making it is like when when uh luck meets preparedness or something like that you know mm-hmm. you'll you'll like yes sometimes people get a big break but they had to like be able to back 100%. it up you know you got to be ready when that break comes yeah um yeah yeah that's fascinating i i, I definitely relate to that and i actually have a follow-up question to that i'm curious at what point i assume if it's anything like my story that first year that you dropped out of college uh, like I did, actually, um, you probably did not make much money from music. I'd be curious if you're comfortable sharing at what point did you were you like, OK, I actually made a career out of this. Like, how long my, did that take? I left Blue Jupiter and joined an established group. So that was so it took about two years. Oh, OK. So really. that's but even then, it was, but it me. wasn't like <laughs> two years of building it up into a career. It was like two years of oh, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to join a group that has already done all that work. Mm. So they were already okay. doing 250 shows a year, and then I jumped wow. on board. That's a lot yeah. of shows, man. Yeah. That's a lot of shows. That's interesting. Do you love touring like that, or is, is, is it something that kind of just comes with the job? I don't love touring like that. I mean, that, that entailed like doing you know, sometimes multiple educational shows a day. Like we'd get up in the morning and go into schools and teach kids about music and stuff like that. Maybe you do three or four of those and then still a night gig. Wow. No, I don't, I don't miss that. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. That's funny. Uh, so question, let's go. The question, um, uh, let's, let's start with some of the, is there a story behind the, the, the fan group name, uh, the home fries? Um, there's a story behind that. Did you guys choose it or was it kind of adopted by the fans? How does that work? I don't, it's like, that's like a chicken or egg kind of thing. We like, (laughs) they called themselves that, but we also started calling them that. It was actually a name that like some of our friends called us, you know, just being home free. They were like, oh, here come the home fries. You know, it was like a weird, um, actually on a, on a cruise ship back in the day, we we had to go on as, as guest entertainers, um, Side note for the like the entertainers listening, there's two types of uh, contracts. There's like, you know, like a six to nine month contract where you actually live on the boat and work regularly, or there's something called guest entertainer, which is where you like go on for a week at a time and you basically just do like one or two shows and otherwise you're just cruising. that's cool. I recommend See, the, I recommend the latter. <laughs> yeah, man, I hear you. That's good stuff. Um, 
All right, let's see. So let's see what else we got. We got a, a lot of questions. Um, oh, who are some of the artists that inspire you? In yeah, as as an artist. So starting out, um, you know, I was one of those kind of like underground nerds in the acapella community. So I was looking up to some of the early guys who paved the way for what we do. Uh, there's a group out there called Rockapella, who's <laughs> nice. still going, and um, they they're probably like the first group to do this format of things like five guys, one full-time beatboxer, you know, acapella, a lot of covers of popular stuff. Um, they sort of, as far as I'm concerned, created that, that format. Um, they were certainly the first group I heard doing it and it blew my mind. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that you could, that was a thing. Um, which was a big eye opener for me as a guy with a bass voice. It's like, Oh, here's this like outlet I didn't even know about contemporary mm -hmm. bass singing um so they like really inspired me back in the day and probably like set me on this path uh, as well as some gospel vocal groups as well there's a group actually called acapella so that shows you how long they've been around they were able to get <laughs> on that that name they got acapella.com uh, oh yeah <laughs> i mean at that point it's probably acapella.net so right right <laughs> and funny. uh so some of those groups are, are really like well you know how i cut my teeth and and yeah. uh yeah um but you know like these days one thing i love about country music is that it's not super like competitive it's more collaborative um yeah that's know, fascinating the city of nashville in general is like a really encouraging city you know like we're all rooting for each other instead yeah, of like trying to get ahead of each other you know 100%. i lived out in, i lived out in la for a while and like the vibe out there is so different you know you like meet someone and it's sort of like that right away. It's like, okay, what can you do for me? Oh, man. You know, whereas like here, it's a little bit more like, all right, what can we do for each other? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm inspired by my country music peers all the time. Um, I'm a writer, so I am like, you know, super inspired by, by the, the good writers, especially anybody who's like really clever with lyrics and stuff like that. Who would you say today is very clever with lyrics? I'm curious. Jeffrey East. Okay. His, uh, uh, you know, I met him when he came on, on tour with us. He opened up for us out in Europe and okay. uh, we have since become super close. And I am, every time I hear something new from that guy, I'm, in, I'm inspired. What's your, so have you been interested in country for a while? Like, have you kind of grown up in country or, I mean, a lot of the references you actually made were not country, but. Yeah. So I grew up on country, loved it. It's in my blood, but then, you know, there's that period of time where, you know, it's like, well, that was my parents' music. So, <laughs> so once I discovered pop, there was like a period of time where I thought I wanted nothing to do with country, and then I was like, it was like all pop music for a while, um, and then I ended up like, you know, venturing back to my first love, which was which was country music. But what was nice was along the way, like there had been like such a hybrid that happened between pop and country. I was just going to segue into that. I was going to ask you your opinion about that. Cause like, I feel like it was like folk country up until like 10 years ago. And now it's become like pop country. Yeah. And not only that, all of America loves country music now too. So like, yeah, there's like people are crossing over back and forth. Um, you know, yeah, that's it's, and we travel all over the world, you know, it's like we go to, we go to Europe and like, they love country american country music over there That's it's so fascinating man thing it's so interesting um, but interestingly enough i oftentimes find myself writing kind of more of the classic 
country or at least like retro country like 80s and 90s kind of what okay. i on rather than the uh, super poppy stuff uh-huh yeah that's interesting um who, how do you guys arrange like who does the arrangements for your stuff because I mean, like, I record my own music, and sometimes I'm like, hmm, what's the harmony? Like, I'm trying to find one harmony. I don't know how you guys are trying to find four harmonies and then a beatboxer to go over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely have it down to a science these days. Okay. Uh, when we're approaching a, a completely new arrangement um, for the studio, uh, a lot of times our producer will take the lead on an arrangement these days because okay. he's been so, so gifted at it. Um, it started out because we were we were so busy. We were touring all the time and we would have these like recording projects that we had committed to. And we just didn't really have time to craft the arrangements. It was one of those things where it was like, well, day one off the road, we need to already have these things ready to go so we can just start recording. Um, mm-hmm. so we started asking him like, Hey, can you have this stuff ready for us when mm-hmm. we get off the road? And then he was just killing it arrangement after arrangement. It was like, well, why don't we just have you do this from now on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if there's a certain thing one of us is passionate about, we'll take lead on it. Um, or if Darren is just spread too thin, which is often the case, um, one of us will take lead on an arrangement. Um, but yeah, for the, for the most part, I mean, I say, think of it like this, like I'm functioning more as a bass guitar than anything. I'm even kind of emulating a bass guitar most of the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, think of me more like that, that I would just be doing the same notes a bass guitar would be doing. And then on top of that, you've got the lead singer um, and he's going to be doing, you know, the melody that everybody knows already and is singing along with if we're doing a cover. So you really only have the other two parts to play with. And it's almost like filling in the blanks a little yeah, bit at true. that point. Yeah, that's fascinating. And then, uh, you know, then we overdub and add extra parts and stuff like that. Yeah, I yes, I, I, I hear that in the stuff being a producer. I'm like, oh, like there's layered vocals, but people get very finicky like no they, they never produce something that they could do a lot you couldn't do you know a lot with a lot of these acapellas i'm like i don't know there's definitely layered vocals in there you know what i mean yeah i mean any band is gonna have their I like, agree. studio version in their live. i version. agree that's the benefit uh, of having a studio in a live they have different feels to it yeah um so this this one comes from a home free fan account this question um uh, she goes, it's, she wrote something else. I'll, it'd probably just be easier for me to read it than try to summarize. She, she goes, hi, Dim, this is Dana. Uh, hi, Tim. This is Dana from Australia. Uh, she says she wanted to tell you how much she admires you as a musician and as a person. Um, and she really, really helped her through a tough time uh, and during COVID. And she said, is there any chance that uh, after COVID, obviously, uh, Home Free will be coming back to Australia? Absolutely. Um, thank you, Dana. Thanks for uh, tuning in, writing, and all the support. Really appreciate that. Um, we're dying to get back to Australia. We love it over there so much. That's uh, a serious another flight. Place, another place where like they just love country music, and it's That's really so fun. fascinating, man. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be back as soon as we possibly can. Very cool. How do you guys decide who takes the lead in a song? Um, sometimes it's a it's a little like obvious you know if it's like really on the top end it's probably going to be one of our two tenors if it's lower it's going to be me or our baritone um but uh both of us have like pretty big ranges too so sometimes (laughs) it's really just trying to figure out what suits the song and if we're not sure we'll actually have everybody record a version of the lead wow interesting pick pick which one's best yeah wow that's that's pretty cool actually 
but we also like we we share the lead so much um so sometimes it's a non-issue sometimes it's really just figuring out like all right like chance i'll take the first verse you take the second verse rob you take the chorus and austin you do the big bridge you know i like think that the, that's the, the coolest part is like you 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 don't know who's gonna sing what and it keeps the listener engaged. I talk about that all the time on my channel how these artists and groups, including yourself, that have multiple singers, it, I think it just it's an added benefit because you guys have you're able to keep the listener engaged that much more. You know, because me it's just me singing the whole time. And so that was it's my favorite it's parts about um you know, the boy band craze back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It's every ten years ago there's another boy band, but you know, like they get a bad rap, but I love the fact that you don't know who's going to sing at any given time and that they, they trade off. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So last two questions for you. Ready? <clears throat> First right. question is what is the lowest note you can sing? Depends on the day. I was, just, <laughs> I would just say bottom of the piano. Cause it's the most like quantifiable really? thing. Um, That's I've stinking low, man. off the piano, but I wouldn't necessarily attempt that like regularly every night in a show. What is that? That's like an A1. Yeah, somewhere around in there. So that's cool. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I haven't looked at a grand piano in a long time. That's it doesn't it. fit in my studio. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second and la or the last question is: um, Do you? Uh, what are you currently listening to as an artist? Um, and then do you ever listen back to home free stuff? Very rarely. Really, uh, that's interesting. Occasionally, you know, it's like I'll be like, I wonder how that how something holds up, um, but. You know, by the time something gets to public consumption, I've already heard it a thousand times. Yeah, you know, I hear you. 100%. The recording, the revisions, like all of that. Um, so, no, I don't, yeah, I don't go back and listen to too much Home Free. Um, I'm like pretty into like kind of folk these days. Um, and like, yeah, I guess folk is probably the best way to describe it. Um, I like it when it's got bluegrass instrumentation without like the extra twang and you know sort of like backwoods mm -hmm. country approach that is often associated with blue, blue bluegrass music um there's so there's a group called darling side all one word darling side um and they're about like my favorite thing i've heard in the last few years that's cool so it's like bluegrass style instrumentation but four-part harmony but more like singer songwritery and kind of in that folk like Americana vein, and it's wonderful. How, you know, with with the the level that you guys have gotten in your career, is it possible? To, like, is it easier or harder or the same amount of difficulty to start up collaborations? Like, if you wanted to collab with them, like, you know, with where you are, is it still just as hard to set something up, or is it a lot easier? Or, um. It depends on the the nature of the group. Now, with like these days, we try to keep our our collaborations like in like squarely in the country world. Okay. You know, like we want anybody who like has never heard of Home Free to the first time they hear Home Free to have no doubts about what we are. It's like okay, this is a okay. country group. Okay, cool. Um, and you know, we're not like super in your face either about like this is all happening with the human voice. That's almost just like happenstance. Um Okay. We don't even use the term a cappella most of the time because there's like a little bit of a stigma associated with it or just a cluelessness, you know, where it's like some people hear a cappella and they think barbershop and that's <laughs> obviously not what we do. So yeah. instead we say we just say the world's first all vocal country band. There you go. So it's like we're just we're just a country band who happens to do it without instruments. 
so we uh try to collaborate with other country artists um we oftentimes get to appear on the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And that is the best way to facilitate collaborations because you're hanging out backstage with these other artists and they see what you do, you see what they do. You know, whereas if our manager reaches out to their manager, yeah. If the message even gets to them, yeah. It might be, "Hey, this a cappella group wants to sing with you." And they're not going to they're probably going to say thanks but no thanks. <laughs> whereas, you know, if they see us do our thing, yeah, Most of them can't believe that it's all vocal anyway. You know, it's yeah. like surprises people. It's amazing, man. It's yeah. it's but it's very again, cool. You've got you've got uh you've got social media. You know, mm-hmm. you can like tag someone in your story, and they're probably gonna see it. You know, so that's that's that or just like yeah, in person networking is just the best way to foster collaboration. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff, man. I really appreciate your time, and I hope that everybody. I mean, it seemed like everybody was definitely enjoying this stuff in the chat. So I'm gonna end up. I'm gonna end this live stream if you just want to hang out for two seconds. All right. Um, but thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a real. I thought. I thought that was personally a really great interview. Man, Tim was a really cool guy. So thank you guys so much for watching. Definitely, if you have not heard Home Free stuff, definitely go check out their stuff. Really, really fun music. Really great music. And I'll see you guys in the next video. God bless and peace out. All right, man. Thank you so much for taking.